Everybody, welcome to the Dropping Wisdom with Santos podcast. And today I'm going to talk about the West Virginia Penitentiary. I'm from Willing, West Virginia, and I lived in Moundsville, West Virginia. So you're living that area. You basically, I, I always called it the Moundsville Penitentiary, but technically it's the West Virginia Penitentiary. And JD and I also did an investigation slash walk through through uh through the grounds. And it's pretty creepy. And from the outside, it's very, very intimidating to see. Okay. The West Virginia Penitentiary is a Gothic style prison located in Moundsville, West Virginia. Now withdrawn and retired from prison use, it operated from 1876 to 1995. Currently, the site is maintained as tourist, uh, as a tourist attraction and training facility and filming location. The penitentiary design is similar to the facility at the 1858 State Prison in Joliet, in Joliet, Illinois, with its castellated Gothic stone structure complete with turrets and battlements, except it is scaled down to half the size. Okay. In 1863, West Virginia seceded from Virginia as the, at the height of the American Civil War. Consequently, the new state had a shortage of various public institutions, including prisons. From 1863 to 1866, Governor Arthur Borman lobbied the West Virginia legislature for a state penitentiary, but was repeatedly denied. The legislature at first directed him to send the prisoners to other institutions out of the state, and then they directed him to use existing county jails, which turned out to be inadequate. After nine inmates escaped in 1865, the local press took up the cause and the legislature took action. On February 7th, 1866, the state legislature approved the purchase of land in Moundsville for the purpose of constructing a state prison. 10 acres were purchased just outside the then city limits of Moundsville for $3,000. Moundsville proved an attractive site as it is approximately 12 miles south of Wheeling, West Virginia, which at that time was the state capital. The state built a temporary wooden prison nearby that summer. This gave prison officials time to assess what prison design should be used. They had chosen a modified version of the design of Northern Illinois Penitentiary at Joliet. Its Gothic revival architecture um, gives, it has great strength and conveyed to the mind a cheerless, blank indicative of the misery which awaits the unhappy being who enters within its walls. The first building constructed on the site was the North Wagon Gate. It was made with hand-cut sandstone, which was quarried from a local site. The state used prison labor during the construction process, and work continued 
on this first phase until 1876. When completed, the total cost was $363,000. In addition to the new the North Wagon Gate, there was north and south cell block areas as well that they built. A four-story tower connected the two of the administration buildings. It included space for female inmates and personal living quarters for the warden and his family. The facility officially opened this opened in this year and it had a prison population of 251 male inmates including some who had helped construct the prison where they were incarcerated after this phase work began on prison workshops and other secondary facilities it really has to suck to be a prisoner and basically build the prison that you're imprisoned in that has to really suck in addition to construction, the inmates had other jobs to do in support of the prison. In early 1900s, some industries within the prison walls included a carpentry shop, a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brickyard, a blacksmith, a tailor, a bakery, and a hospital. At the same time, revenue from the prison farm and inmate labor helped the prison financially. It was virtually self-sufficient. A prison coal mine located a mile away opened in 1921. This mine helped fill some of the prison's energy needs and save the state an estimated $14,000 a year. And in 1921, $14,000 was a lot of money. Some inmates were allowed to stay at the mine's camp under the supervision of a mine foreman who was not a prison employee. Conditions at the prison during the turn of the 20th century were good, according to a warden's report, which stated that both the quantity and the quality of the purchase of the material, food and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction, the exaction of labor less stringent. Education was a priority for the inmates during this time. They regularly attended class. Construction of a school and library was completed in 1900 to help reform and educate inmates. However, the conditions at the prison worsened through the years and the facility would be ranked on the United States Department of Justice top 10 most violent correctional facilities list. One of the most infamous locations in the prison with instances of gambling, fighting and raping was a recreation room known as the Sugar Shack, which is allegedly also haunted. A notable inmate in the early 20th century was labor activist Eugene Debs, who served time from April 13th through June 14th, 1919, at which time he was transferred to an Atlanta prison on charges of violating the Espionage Act of 1917. In 1929, the state decided to double the size of the penitentiary because of overcrowding was a problem. The five by seven foot cells were too small to hold three prisoners at a time. But until the expansion, there was no other option. And I have video of, uh, of me and JD of those cells, which I'm going to play at the end of this episode. So you guys can look at my Instagram and Facebook page to watch the videos. But on here, obviously, you'll just see, you just hear the audio. 
Two prisoners would sleep in the bunks, with the third sleeping on a mattress on the floor. The state used prison labor again and completed this phase of construction in 1959. The construction had been delayed by a steel shortage during World War II. In total, 36 homicides took place in the prison. One of the more notable ones is the butcher of R.D. Wall, inmate number 44670. On October 8, 1929, after snitching on his fellow inmates, he was attacked while heading to the boiler room by three prisoners in dull shiv, with dull shivs. And the boiler room is also known to be haunted as well. In 1983, convicted multiple murderer Charles Manson requested to be transferred to this prison to be near to his family. His request was denied. I will read you his letter that he mailed the warden after I get done with all this information here. And I wasn't even aware he was from the Moundsville Willing area, which is uh, his basically a lot of his family was apparently in this prison as well. In 1979, there was a prison break. On Wednesday, November 7th, 1979, 15 prisoners escaped from the prison. One of the escapees was Ronald Turney Williams, serving time for murdering Sergeant David Lilly of the Beckley Police Department on May 12, 1975. He managed a st to steal a prison guard's service weapon in the escape, and upon reaching the streets of Moundsville, encountered 23-year-old off-duty West Virginia State Trooper Phyllis Kessner, who was driving past the prison with his wife. Trooper Kessner saw the escapees and attempted to take action against them. The prisoners pulled him from his car and William shot him. Trooper Kessner returned fire at the fleeing suspects despite being mortally wounded. Williams remained a large, at large for 18 months, sending taunting notes to authorities and making the FBI's 10 most wanted list. During the time he murdered John Benshek in Scottsdale, Arizona during a robbery and was connected to crimes in Colorado and Pennsylvania. After a shootout with federal agents at the George Washington Hotel in New York City in 1981, he was apprehended and returned to West Virginia to complete several life sentences. So this dude escaped Moundsville, West Virginia, ended up going to Pennsylvania and Colorado and Arizona, then got caught in New York. He's a, wow. He traveled a lot for being a, an, a, an escaped convict. I don't know why he just didn't go to Mexico. At that time, Marshall County Sheriff Robert Leitner was very critical about poor police communication during the break. The sheriff's office and local police did not learn about the escape from the state police. They first heard of it over the police scanner. It was a good 20 minutes before we knew about the escape. If somebody had notified us, there's a good chance that Sheriff's Department and the Moundsville Police could have been on the scene while all the prisoners were still on the block. He was also critical of the four state manhunt of the four state manhunt that, that followed when convicted murderers David Morgan and Ronald Williams, along with convicted rapist Harold Gowers Jr., remained at large. Communications have been very poor. I think they should have kept the local law enforcement officers more informed. He has no idea what they're doing. 
what they found, he said. In, 19, in 1986, there was a riot. January 1st, 1986 was the date of the most infamous riot in the history of the penitentiary. The West Virginia Penitentiary was undergoing many changes and problems. Security had become extremely loose in all areas. Since it was a cons prison, most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates roamed the halls freely. That's bananas. Bad plumbing and insects caused rapid spreading of various diseases. The prison was holding more than 2,000 men and crowding was an issue. Another major contribution to the riots cause was the fact that it was a holiday. Many of the officers are called off work and prisoners plan to conduct their uprising on, the spe- on this specific day. Around 5.30 p.m., 20 inmates known as a group called the Avengers stormed the mess hall where Captain Glassock and others were on duty. Within seconds, Captain Glassock, five other officers, and a food service worker were tackled and slammed to the floor. Inmates put knives to their throats and handcuffed them with their own handcuffs. Although several hostages were taken throughout the day, none of them were seriously injured. However, over the course of the two-day upheaval, three inmates were killed for an assortment of reasons. The inmates who initiated the riot were not prepared to take charge of it. Danny Lehman, the Avengers president, was quickly agreed upon as best suited for the task of negotiating with authorities and presenting the demands to the media. Yet, Lehman was not a part of the 20 men who began the riot. Governor Arch A. Moore Jr. went to the penitentiary to talk with the inmates. This meeting set up a new list of rules and standards on which the prison would, would build. National and local news cover the story as well as the inmates meeting with Governor Moore. Toward the end of its life as a prison, the facility was marked by many instances of riots and escapes. In the 1960s, the prison reached a peak population of 2,000 inmates. With the building of more prisons, the number declined to six to 700 by 1995. The fate of the prison was sealed in 1986, ruling by the West Virginia Supreme Court, which stated the confinement to the five by seven foot cell constituted cruel and unusual punishment. Within nine years, West Virginia Penitentiary was closed as a prison. Most of the inmates were transferred to the Mount Olive Correctional Complex in Fayette County, West Virginia. A smaller correctional facility was built a mile away in Moundsville to serve as a regional jail. From, 19, from 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed at the prison. Hanging was the method of executions until 1949. With 85 men meeting that fate, the public could attend hangings, with which public until June 1931. On that date, Frank Heyer was executed for murdering his, his wife. When the trap door beneath him was open, his full weight settled into the noose. He was in, instantly decapitated following this event. Attendance at hangings was by invitation only. The last man executed by hanging, Bud Peterson from Logan County, was buried in the prison cemetery because his family refused to claim his body. 
So this dude's head fell off off this noose. It's basically he got decapitated. And now when they do all these, they do a lot of events there. They decorate the area where the noose is. They have the noose hanging there. And there's all kind of like festival lights around this area. Beginning in 1951, electrocution became the means of execution. The electric chair named Old Sparky used by the prison was originally built by an inmate there, Paul Glenn. Nine men were electrocuted before the state prohibited capital punishment entirely in 1965. The last execution carried out in the state's electric chair was that of Elmer Bert Bruner, April 3rd, 1959. The original chair is on display in the facility and is included in the official tour. Now, before I go on, just want to let you know, they have a big picture frame in this prison of all of the 94 men that were executed and, and hung. And I felt it was kind of weird because before they did, before they executed them, they put them in a tuxedo. And take a picture of them. So all these guys, before they're hung, I guess they're going to meet their faith while looking dapper in a tuxedo. And that's kind of thought that's kind of weird. After the prison closed its doors as a state institution, the Moundsville Economic Development Council obtained a 25-year lease on the complex. The facility is used for training law enforcement and correctional practitioners with regular mock riot drills. To assist teams in the planning and execution of scenarios, the West Virginia High Technology Consortium Foundation commissioned the 3D model of the West Virginia Penitentiary, an interactive 3D model of the penitentiary. It made the software available to the public prior to conducting the 2009 mock prison riot. Some previous training programs for law enforcement officials that took place here, such as National Corrections and Law Enforcement Training and and Technology Center, are now discontinued. But they still do weddings there. They do dad and daughter dances in some some other buildings that's in the yard. So it's still operational for for the locals to have uh, functions there. Tours are available for tourists wishing to see the prison. The Elizabethtown Festival was held every May to celebrate and remember historical Moundsville. A haunted attraction called the Dungeons of Horror is also set up for the Halloween season. Paranormal groups and enthusiast travel guides considered Moundsville Prison to be one of the most haunted prisons in the United States, with ghost stories originating as early as the 1930s. Legends include claims that the prison occupies the site of a Native American burial ground and allegedly and alleged hauntings by spirits of dead inmates. Okay, it has been in numerous films, such as the Out of the Furnace. It's been in a lot of uh, shows. It's been on a show on MTV, uh, season one, episode one of Fear. It's been in the Hulu original series, Castle Rock. It's been in the Netflix series, Mind Hunters. It's been in the paranormal TV series, The Most Terrifying Place in America on the Travel Channel. The Ghost Adventures has been there. The Mysteries of the Abandoned um, on the Science Channel was on there too. The prison also appears in the 2018 video game Fallout 76, 
where it is known as the Eastern Regional Penitentiary. And I believe that the Mothman is also in that video game. Okay, now I'm going to read to you the Charles Manson um, request letter. It's pretty short, but this is what he says. I was raised in McMeckin and Willing. You may know some of my kinfolks. California prison people had me in the hole for 14 years. I am a good worker and I give you my word, I'll start no trouble. Let's just say this got denied very quickly. And his this letter is also um, on display in the museum or in the in the prison as well. Now, I'm gonna start playing this uh, the the audio of these videos. Like I said before, I'm gonna I'm gonna post on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm gonna start playing these videos now. Like I said, I was in the prison. Those cells are small. JD has a couple cool stories. Um, but overall, this uh, this place is, um, if you're around that area, you want to go places to, like, they also do an overnight uh, tourism. You can stay overnight in the prison for a ghost investigation as well. That's something that's pretty cool to do. So let me get at this right here. Five by seven. So, three people stay staying here. Three people at a time. Three people at a time. Wow, that's crazy. I'm in the galley right now with everyone prepped, with the prisoners prepped and cooked their food. With the prisoners, and they eat out there. Just realize I'm the only one in here. I'm pretty cold. Kind of creepy. Punch in your face. You're saying. Okay, right here. 94 executed, 85 by hanging, 9 by electrocution. Here's a pretty so why not? Why not suit them up in a tuxedo? Make it look fancy before they kill them. That's fantastic. Yeah, you doing it. All right, we're at the West Virginia Division of Corrections, Moundsville Center, home of the mock riot special operations training. I think we just basically walked in here illegally. As usual, we just walk in things. And right here, they use this building now for daddy-daughter dances inside the penitentiary walls. Isn't that romantic? That's fucking crazy. See that right there? It's where they used to hang the prisoners to try to escape, teach them discipline. And now, there's lights around here to, to, to celebrate. Halloween. Yeah. A block down the street is St. Francis. Our class, our school that used to go to kindergarten through third grade is when I was here. This is the Mouseville Penitentiary. This big thing right here, right? We used to walk down here to the school. We have prisoners yelling at us, saying cursing at us and stuff. They wanted to F us and everything. We used to walk by and flip them off. Fuck you, bitch. You faggot. <laughs> Second grade with that potty mouth. It's terrible. When I was 16, I came here to defend where they actually had prisoners inside the penitentiary. And they were all out in the yard. And we were sending them to the And they kept us separated. They kept us 